Yeah, I know. She, she's bad on movies. That's a whole other story altogether. Oh, no, we're Tell me, at least off. you've seen Tommy Boy. <laughs> oh, I hope so. I hope so. See, Nick, Nikki's already getting it right now with the, with the movie action over here. As we are live <laughs> back in action, tackling our way from New York to the Bay. Welcome back for another edition of the Third and Three podcast. We are presented by the Sports Column, as you all know. My name is Jason Fearman, and always I am joined by Tricky Nikki Gist and the real deal Damian Adams as our collective hearts beat closer to the start of the 2021 NFL season. Let's get them in real quick and say what's up. Nikki Nick, what's happening, girl? Hi. Oh, I'm happy, excited to be here. I got the fresh blonde. Finally have my hair appointment. I feel better. I the lashes done. I feel human now. <laughs> You're back to normal. We're all good now. Yeah, I feel like <laughs> right. I stretched it a All right. And Catherine. Yeah. You're looking good, Nick. That's all that matters. That's all we care about over here. Looking good. Knowing your stuff. We're on the show. It's third and three time. And, of course, Captain Quantum Leap himself is over here. His predictions are crazy. Again, both of you guys taking my sports profit name away from me. What up, D? What's happening, man? Another episode of third and three. Making your Wednesday nights better. Ready to get into it, man. Yes, indeed. It's about to get a lot better because we have a very, very special guest today joining the Third and Three podcast is former Pro Bowl NFL quarterback and host of the Huddle Up podcast, Gus Farrat in the house. Gus, how are we doing, my friend? I'm doing really well. How are you guys doing? I'm excited to join all three of you. And, and, and you know, it's, it's nice to be on somebody else's podcast for once. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there you go. You don't have to do all the preparation. You just got to chill back, relax, and then let it happen, man. That's it. That's it. Right. So we're it's gonna like, rock. It's like I'm a. It's like I'm a kicker, right? It's like I'm just gonna come in at the end, and that's it. You know, let everybody else do the work. I'm just gonna come in and kick the extra point. <laughs> hey, we all know that's that's really much very very needed in uh, today's game. Is moving it back. I mean, I don't know. I want to get rid of kicking altogether, but we'll save that story for another day. As again, Gus Farad, good enough to join us over here on the Third and Three podcast. We got a lot of NFL talk to get to. Quarterback action, obviously, and we got a quarterback in the house to lead the way. Gus, can't wait to get into things with you over here. All three of us, very excited. I'm sure the fans are as well. And I just wanted to kick it off right away. Listen, you're a quarterback. I mean, you played in the league from 94 to 2008. I mean, that's just insane for anybody. So, but the, I got I to gotta go to the defense right away. And the defenses that you saw, because you were in a time frame where it kind of changed over where quarterbacks did finally have – that leverage and whatnot and you know defenses couldn't get away with certain things but earlier on in your career it was that smash mouth style football so I want to know like who were the toughest defenses you played and the toughest defensive players you went against who kind of gave you nightmares before game day well that, that that's a good question you know um the defenses always changed right you went from playing Tampa Bay who had the, you know, Tampa two, Chicago was Tampa two, Brian Erlacher was there. So there was a couple teams that played similar. And then you'd go face a buddy Ryan defense where they'd give you the old 56 and, you know, the fair <laughs> front. And uh, then you play teams that when you go play the Steelers, you know, Dick LeBeau was there and they would bring two off the slot, which you never seen before. So there was some really innovative coaches on defense when I played in the league. 
And, uh, you know, there were a lot of times where you'd study film and you go into a game and you think you have it all down and you, you know, you'd see a blitz you've never seen before. So I think, you know, it wasn't necessarily one person. Obviously, there's always somebody who's intimidating on the other side. I mean, you play, you know, you've played against Ray Lewis and all these incredible people. When I played against the Cowboys, they had tons of incredible athletes on defense. And, you know, from San Francisco, you name it. There's always somebody who's who you don't want to get hit by, believe me. So um, yeah. it's the schemes sometimes that get you, right? It's the mm-hmm. schemes. It's the defensive coordinators that can get you, that really can throw a loop, you know, a, a wrench in, in in the cog, so to say, that, that's going to, you know, stall your offense. So you have to study. Uh, they're all innovative. They're all creative. And, you know, it. that's what makes it a lot of fun. And good Speaking of studying and getting ready for those defenses, going from college to the NFL, what was the biggest adjustment both on and off the field for you making that transition? Well, it's kind of funny. You know, people, you go from high school where you're kind of, it's fun, it's Friday nights, but it's not all year round. And then you go to college, it's more like a job, but you're still going to class and you have to maintain your grades. And then you get lucky enough to be drafted and you make the NFL. And then it's a job, it's a business. And so you're still playing the game that you love, that you grew up wishing that you could go and play and you're actually there. So when you're young, it's like, okay, I can't believe I'm here. And then it's a job, right? Uh, I get paid to do this now. And so it just becomes work, right? So I get up early, I go in, I take care of my body. I do everything I have to do. I'm in the off season. I'm trying to learn all the new systems that are coming in. And for me, I played for seven teams, so it was always learning. It was always a new system to learn. So I think just playing in the NFL is incredible. I was extremely lucky to to make it coming from, I mean, I played on a high school team that we had 19 kids. We didn't have 19 athletes. We had 19 kids. So, um, you know, that was just amazing for me to, to get to the NFL and be able to play 15 years. Wow, no, that's amazing. That's Ironman football right there in high school. I love it. <laughs> oh yeah, I never left the field. <laughs> and um you talked about like learning different systems. Sometimes we hear about these play calls and how intricate they can be. Are they really that difficult? Is it really like these just long drawn out play calls where it sounds like a different language when you first get in? <laughs> it really is because when I went from the North Turner system, which was a digit system, yeah. you know, you're you're your protections are words and your routes are numbers, right? You're, you know, it's, it's kind of like scat, right? And then you would call like 585 F post something like that, you know, and then you go to the West coast system and it's completely opposite, opposite where your, your protections are all numbers and your routes and everything are verbiage. So you just have to learn. You're not really learning how to throw any new routes, you know, right? Every route has been thrown in the NFL, basically. Yeah. Uh, but you're learning a new language every time you go somewhere else because it's what one person said, I need to change this word. I want to change this word because it's up to the coaches to, you know, make the call. So even though they say it's West Coast, every West Coast is different. Hmm. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. Interesting. All right. All right. Hey, Nick, you got that rapid fire ready? I do. You want to go rapid fire? 
Yeah, let's go for it. Uh, All right, minute drill already. Let's go. Yeah, two minute drill. Go right through. It's ten questions, and then you fill in a sentence for me at the end. No thinking. First, first answer that comes to mind. Sounds good. My wife would say I'm really good at no thinking. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's a requirement of husbands, right? (laughs) All right, here we go. Fact or fiction? Gus Bus is the nickname for anyone who is named Gus. I would say it's probably a fact. Oh, I've been called Gus Bus. My husband's Bus. right. I'm gonna have to deal with this after the show. Oh yeah, yeah, he's right. There's. I've been called Gus Bus many a times. All right, all right, good. Number two. Okay, you have a beautiful plate of buffalo wings in front of you. Are you dipping them in ranch or blue cheese? I'm a blue cheese guy all the way. Yes, thank you in your face. Everybody dude. else in my family is ranch. I'm the only one with blue cheese. All right. Thank you very much. This is my was, This has been a, a big debate between me and Nikki for <laughs> a long time now between ranch and blue cheese. I'm the ranch guy. So yeah. she's been waiting to get somebody to confirm her bias over there yeah. with the blue cheese. And speaking of biases, let me move on to question three. Eli Manning deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Oh, that's Ooh. a hard one. You know, um, I think he does. He won two Super Bowls. He led the Giants to many, many wins. Um, you know, but if you look at it, he probably doesn't have incredible numbers. Uh, you know, there's been there were a lot of years there that, you know, he. You know, he, he was just kind of like, I would say, Eli. Right. But yeah. he played at the top. I would say that he probably deserves it. He comes from that kind of family. He'll probably get into the Hall of Fame. OK, thank you. There you go, Nick. All right. <laughs> that's another one i'm a nine eli hall of fame guy so you're, you're definitely just i'm on the fence right i'm yeah. on the fence and, and yeah. what a great yeah. guy did a lot for the giants was there all the time super smart good teammate uh but you know when you win a couple championships i don't care you're a leader out there and you know your numbers may not be great but uh you're probably and you know when your brother just got in yeah, you know, yeah, it's probably yeah. pretty solid that he's going to get in. Yeah, listen, and I think you know, it holds weight also, Nikki and, and guys, that it was against the Patriots twice. I mean, that does help, I guess, a little bit. <laughs> yeah, that helps a lot yeah. of people. A little bit. All right, number four. All right, delicious, hot, cheesy slice of pizza in front of you. Are you putting ranch on it? Yes or no? No, no, I'm not a ranch guy on my pizza. Thank My you. sons are, but I'm not. Thank you. Sacrilege. I don't know what you guys do on the West Coast over there. Oh, yeah. All right. MJ or LeBron? Oh, man, that's a tough one. I like watching them both play. Um, but I, I think that MJ is, is over. I mean, LeBron's done amazing things, but uh, you just can't compete with the the – what M- who MJ is and just you know you hear it, the word MJ and it's just such a a, 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 a everybody wants to meet him right everybody wants yeah. to be him yeah. everybody wants to be LeBron but I think MJ is just just a little bit higher. Everybody wants to be like Mike more. That's right. <laughs> True or false? Of all the sports, golf is the most boring. Uh, is that watching or playing? Watching. <laughs> watching. You know what? I 
if you just watch the same guy all the time, it's probably pretty boring. They do a good job of, of switching it up and go to different shots and everything. I do fall asleep a lot more to golf than any other sport. So maybe <laughs> that's the answer you're looking for. Okay. Well, yeah. Let me ask you this, Nikki, before you go, honestly, Gus, do you consider golf a sport, a sport or more, or is it a game? Cause I think it's a game. Well, no, I think it's a sport. I mean, you're competing against other people and you're, you're one-on-one. It's no different than tennis. You're playing by yourself out there and it's a mental sport. Uh, you know, there's a lot of different kinds of sports. I understand what you're saying. Um, I would like to see it more like Happy Gilmore, where you can yell and scream and, and you know, <laughs> blow whistles and horns. But uh, you know, I don't. I don't think that's gonna ever gonna happen. <laughs> I like that. All right. Okay. Couple more. Your favorite candy is? Oh my gosh. It depends if I'm on a road trip or not. But I do like Swedish Fish a lot. All right. That and a good Cadbury chocolate bar. Really? Yeah. Cadbury. Okay. All right. Well, your all-time favorite. What's your all-time favorite snack? All-time favorite snack. Um, I'm probably a potato chip guy. Yeah. 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 Just kettle chips are pretty good. Uh, your favorite athlete. Oh, my favorite athlete. There's so many. Um, but for me personally, growing up in Pittsburgh. And going through the 70s and the Steelers were incredible. I mean, I, I took my number because Terry Bradshaw was number 12. Uh, I always wanted to be Terry Bradshaw. And, um, you know, I'm not saying he's the greatest athlete, but I, I'm saying he was my favorite athlete at the time. And now he's oh, a reality seriously. star. He's, a, he's everything <laughs> yeah, star. Sure Terry's yeah. everywhere. Well, then Tom Brady is 12 from you, you know, so that's how it goes, yeah. you know. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, that's why Tom Brady has 12, I'm sure. <laughs> Um, okay, the worst fan base in the NFL is? Oh. Well, I, you know, when I played in Miami, it was tough because in Miami, you get a lot of snowbirds, especially when you're playing those teams from up north. So that at that time, and if the Dolphins aren't good, the fan base is not good. I'm not saying there's some really good fans there. I'm just saying I'm they're just not saying as they're strong as other cities. Wow. Interesting. I can vouch for that. I can vouch for that. Yeah. Very cool. I didn't, I thought you were going to say the Cowboys. <laughs> like we all think. <laughs> no, man, those Cowboy fans are crazy. Oh, my. Not as bad God. as Oakland or Kansas City, but they're pretty good. Um, and then just fill in the sentence never have I ever. Oh, never have I ever won a Super Bowl. Oh, <laughs> oh man. Thank you for playing Rapid Fire. I don't know how rapid that was, but we yeah, tried. That's okay. Yeah, that, was, that was pretty good. That was pretty good for Rapid Fire. Uh, we do have a question from a watcher. Uh, should players be allowed to use marijuana if prescribed? Yes. Well, you know, that's a really hard one because it's not national, right? Yeah. It's state by state. And so I think uh, I deal with an app called the Roberto app. Uh, they measure and, and monitor your brain performance. And so I've dealt with this subject for a long time now. Mm-hmm. And it's really hard because since it's not, uh, our government hasn't said it's legal everywhere, but like in the state of Pennsylvania and Colorado, everywhere is a little different. And I think it depends on the state probably, you know, because and I think that the NFL total wouldn't have a problem with it. But then if a guy's driving home in a state where it's not allowed, and he gets pulled over, 
you know, what, what are they going to say? You know, that's, that's the problem I think, but if they have a medical marijuana card, it's in a state that they're allowed to have it. I think it's perfectly fine. Okay. And for me, I all played right, a little bit. Uh, are you saying something, Jay? No, I'm just sorry I cut out there. I'll go after you. Go ahead, brother. So me, I played a little QB. Nowhere near as good as you, but I played a little QB. And I always had my favorite wide receivers and my least favorite wide receivers. Like wide receivers that just made me just itch because they annoyed me so much. What are some things that wide receivers can do to be a quarterback's best friend? And what are some of those turnoffs that wide receivers can do to not be the guy a quarterback goes to? Well, that's a good good question because I think the thing they can do is be a professional, right? Because a lot of guys in the NFL are coming in or young. Um, you know, they may screw around. They may not know their routes. Uh, you know, you have to be on top of your game. If you want to play in the NFL and be a quarterback's best friend, you can't screw up, right? You can't jump off sides. You can't. You, you can't run the wrong routes. Everything's timing. You have to do the right things. You have to block downfield. Um, and you just have to do everything, right? I don't care what talent you have, whether it's the most or the least, you have to put full effort. And uh, the thing that bothered me the most about any player was if he went out there, you're right, and you had to tell him what to do every time, you had to make sure you reminded him of the snap count. You had to, you know, you always had to put him in motion because he didn't understand it. I'll give you a good example. I played with Rod Smith in Denver with the Denver Broncos. Rod sat in front with the quarterbacks, had the same highlighters that we had, and took notes like he was a quarterback. So Rod knew everything that we knew, and that made him a better receiver. He understood coverages and all that. So if I had to tell a young receiver what to do, take notes like a quarterback, act like you're the quarterback, and then go play your position. That's great advice right there. That's a hell of an answer. Yeah, that's a hell of an answer right there. I mean, I found myself look playing even just flag football. I found I find myself telling receivers like, you know, look up, pretend like the ball is coming, and then you know, cut back or something like that, like they as if they don't understand the route. But um, the question I wanted to ask you before I cut out, and I apologize, is the quarterback competitions that we're seeing in the NFL. You've gone through plenty of them, obviously, with the, the amount of years that you've gone through. How does that work out? What, what is that like? Do, do you guys really give give a damn about each other and you're rooting each other on, or is it secretly in the back of your head, nope, this is my freaking job and I'm taking it? Well, I think it's a little bit of both, right, is that you're, you're out there, you're competing, you want to win, you want to be the starter, um, and you want to do everything you can to be on the field. This is a game that you love that you want to play. Um, if you're not the starter, there's probably going to be an opportunity at some point in the season where you're going to play. Um, yeah. So you just prepare like you're going to be the starter at all points because if you get out there and it's your opportunity and you don't play well, you're probably not going to get another one, right? So <laughs> every time you step on that field, you have to produce – and you have to understand what you're doing. So obviously, I've played with, I've been in both situations where I've been the quarter, the starter, and the backup. And I tried to prepare the same, no matter what I was doing. And ego-wise, you have to have a little bit of ego. You want to be the best, and you want to go out there and prove that you're the best. So, you know, I think that any good quarterback wants to be the guy that's that's winning games and throwing the football around on the field. Yeah. Well, speaking that. of 2021 20, quarterbacks, 
What are your thoughts on Daniel Jones? Does this make it or break it for oh, him? Oh, you sound like a Giants fan. I am. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you, and I have a good, fr- I have a good, real, my one of my good, really good friends in Northern Virginia, Stuart Rosenberg. Stuart is a Giants fan, and I've known him since I played with the Skins, and so he, you know. There he is. He's from he's from New Jersey, and he's always been a Giants fan. And he, we just had a conversation, Nikki, this morning about all this. I said, "How's your boy Daniel Jones going to do this year?" He's like, oh, "I don't know. I don't know." You know, we got all these great parts. We got all you know. Stu's like, "We got all these great parts. We got the running back back. We got these receivers, tight ends. I don't know about the line. I don't know about the line." So, I think that. He does, like Stewart's right, he has the parts around him, right? Can the line play well? Can they stay injury-free? Because they've had some injury bugs in the line. And I think their defense is always pretty darn good. I think they're going to be a sleeper defense. But um, if I, I would say that Daniel's probably going to have a pretty good year. He has a good group of athletes around him. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we have another question from one of our listeners. Uh, your thoughts on Tua Tagovailoa and the Dolphins going into his second year here? That's good, man. These questions are like hitting home because I just did an interview with uh, in Miami this morning, and um, we talked about Tua. And my thing is, is that I want to see Tua improve. Right? Last year, I think he was kind of feeling his way. He was coming back from injury, and you know he had Fitzy there. And, you know, they were, he was just kind of feeling his way. He wanted to make sure that he got the ball out, completed passes, do, did things like that. This year, we need to see him take the next step. We need to see him take that step where he's pushing the ball downfield. He's making the big throws. He's playing the game because I don't think you can win in the NFL if you're relying on checking that down to the back every time. You know, you got to have those big plays, those plus 20-yard throws. And that's what I really want to see Tua do this year. You know, and that's what I thought that he would have been doing. I, I can understand that they heck a little bit, um, you know, last year because, again, no preseason, no uh, workouts and anything like that. So Fitzpatrick started and whatnot. But I think that he does have the tools. And at Alabama, he was throwing the ball down the field all the time. Now he's got – Will Fuller in there, you know, Devontae Parker, they drafted Jalen Waddell, you know, Mike Isecki at tight end. I, you know, you don't want to call it a make it or break it year for a guy who's pl- only played nine games. But the Dolphins are, I feel like, a ready-made team to go make some noise. I'm not saying they're going to win the Super Bowl, Gus, but I like the Dolphins' chances this year. What do you think about that? And if Tua is, in fact, going to be that guy who doesn't turn the ball over? Yeah, you know, I think he will be that guy that probably does that. I think he has a good mentality for not turning, you know, not making the big mistakes. But, you know, we'll see. And I think he, you know, when you start pushing the ball downfield and taking those chances, right, um, and you got to be accurate throwing the ball downfield, uh, you know, hopefully that that's when sometimes turnovers come into play. But as far as the Dolphins' chances go, I think they have a very good chance against, you know, the Jets and the Patriots. I don't think the Patriots are what they used to be, but um, you know, I think the bills are just the top team in that division. And uh, I, you know, if, if, if their defense can hold up and Tua can keep that defense off the field by keeping their offense on the field, then they're going to have a pretty good chance to do well and hopefully make the playoffs. And uh, speaking of turning the ball over, I'm a saints fan. And <laughs> <laughs> right now it looks like 
it's not official, but it looks like Jameis Winston will be our starter, especially after his performance on Monday night. Do you think a quarterback who has been turnover prone, especially like Jameis, can turn it around and not be that same type of quarterback going forward? I hope so, you know, uh, for the Saints. But, uh, you know, there's sometimes, you know, Jameis has a big arm. He likes to take chances. You know, that's why he was a 30 and 30 guy. But, uh, you know, he has all the ability in the world. We saw him make those throws in the in in the game uh, over the weekend. And I think that, you know, Breeze, probably Drew Breeze over the last few years, didn't have those kind of throws in him. And I, I think they're excited to see that back. Um, and, you know, they got a backup quarterback in Taysom Hill who's going to play all kind of other positions and probably do the same thing he's been doing. So I think that James will be okay. And I hope that Sean Payton has really worked with him on making on the decision making of the game and making better decisions. Because sometimes when you think you have a strong arm, you can throw any ball in any route, right? You're going to yeah. fit it in there. And uh, it doesn't always work that way. Definitely. Sometime in the middle of the last season, um, Nikki, uh, what was it that you were all over in, in the middle of last season? I'm sorry, I'm just, just losing my mind over here with the quarterbacks. I'm trying to, I'm trying to put it together. Where you said that, uh, I'm sorry, that Carson Wentz would end up in Indianapolis. You oh, said yes. that like, Heard like week first. nine or something like that. Yeah, she, I mean, she literally called that Gus, which is crazy. So now he's coming back. Nikki and I are really high on on Carson Wentz, and we like Indy, even though Damian and Nikki did pick Tennessee, but. Nikki and uh, Nikki was all over that, and it seemed like I was like, "Wow, perfect fit." What do you think? Well, I think that kind of fits into Frank Wright and kind of how he coaches yeah. and how he likes to call plays, and you know, it probably fits in really well with his game plans. Uh, you know, I think Carson is another guy with tremendous talent. Uh, you know, he came from a. Um, the Eagles where, you know, they won a Super Bowl. He wasn't playing, but he got to experience a lot of it. Yeah, sorry, Nikki. Um, but, uh, you know, you learn a lot from watching a guy sometimes, watching a veteran who takes you there. And uh, I, uh, hopefully he comes back, he stays healthy. And he can, you know, he, the thing about Carson, I felt like he was prone to the big mistakes. And hopefully mm. Frank, being a quarterback that played a long time, can really help him understand you know, when to take those chances and when not to. And I felt like when he was with the Eagles, he was taking those chances when he shouldn't have. That's kind of how I felt about Carson. Like he has a talent just like anybody else does. And Gus, you said earlier that you played on seven teams when you're in the league. I'm always interested in hearing about different coaching styles. Like what coaching style did you like respond to the most and which coaching style maybe put you off a little bit or one that you really had to just kind of ignore and just do your job? Well, to be honest, it's, it's like anything else, right? The ones your coaches get to know you get to know what, how you are, how you throw, what you throws you like, what you're really good at. The coaching style that I like is the one that, all right, I have this whole offense. I have this big offense. Okay. You fit into this two thirds of it. And that's what we're going to call I'm not going to call plays that you, you're not good at, right? And so I think I really like the style of coaches who they can be tough on you. They can, you know, coach you really well. They can look at your film. They can say, hey, you need to do this better, that better. That's fine. We all love to get better. We want to work hard. But we also want you to listen to us and see us uh, and 
call plays that we're really good at. I'll give you an example. When I went to Denver in the West Coast system, Coach Shanahan and Gary Kubiak were the court. Coach Shanahan was the head coach. Kubiak was the um, quarterback coach and offense coordinator. And that system is very, you know, double slant, get the ball out, throw it, you know, quick. And I was coming from a digit system, which was way different. And we were playing the uh, San Diego Chargers. And we got behind. I threw some picks. And then Coach Shanahan started throwing, calling like downfield throws. And I was like, all right, this is awesome. So we caught up really fast. So I ended up throwing four touchdowns or four picks, five touchdowns in that game. And but we were throwing the ball down. So we were throwing 25 yard throws, deep, deep crossers, comebacks. We were doing all this stuff. And after the game, I said, uh, you know, this is awesome, coach. Let's keep calling it like this. He goes, no, I don't usually call games like that. Right. We were just behind. So to me, it wasn't about me. It was about him. And and that's hard sometimes for the players, if you understand what I'm saying, because you're right. If I'm good at something, let's just stick with that. No, that's a great answer because when you have you see something being successful, but then you're like, nah, we're gonna continue to do it my, my way. way. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's a little rough. Yeah, that makes it hard. And and when you see guys that aren't productive and you know, they've been a great player, they're not productive with their new team or whatever, sometimes that happens. Sometimes that happens. And and you know, for instance, Randy Moss in Minnesota, when I played with Randy, Mike Tice would let Randy be Randy, like he had he had issues, right? We all saw it, but he, Randy was a great guy, was a great player, worked hard in practice and could do anything. So Mike just kind of gave him, said, okay, what are you good at? Let's just stick with that. You know, we weren't going to make him do something that, you know, hey, Randy, we need you to go come down and block the safety. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So we, you kind of understand the players you have and try to work around them because it, when it comes down to it in the NFL, it's all about matchups. Gotcha. Yeah. And – a really important relationship. Oh, go ahead, Jay. No, you go. You go ahead. I got one after you. Okay. I know a really important relationship in all of sports is between the QB and the center. So, how did you handle that? With this, did you have the center? Did the center take care of all the protections, or did you call the protections? Did you guys share responsibility? How did you do that with the center and offensive line? Well. Like I said, I played with seven teams, played with many, many centers. And the thing about it is every team, their scheme, their offense is different. Sometimes the coach wants the quarterback to make all the calls. So when you see a line, like a quarterback saying, you know, we're going to go to 52, let's change the protection. And then there's times when your center is good enough to make the calls because he understands what's going on. So, for instance, when I was playing in Minnesota with Matt Burke, Matt Burke was so smart and understood the game so well. It was so nice to be play with him because you didn't have to worry about anything. Matt would call all the protections, tell everybody what to do, and we all just listened to Matt, right? So, uh, But there's other times where you have to change your protection. You have to put, you know, hey, we're going to slide the line. I see the blitz coming. we got to move it over. So I've played in both, and you just kind of roll with it. And if you have a really good center who's really smart, uh, that's, that's a positive. I think frozen this day. Yeah, I mean, if the, the if the yeah, <laughs> there you go. He's back. If the, back. if the if the QB center if the QB center relationship is so important, like D was saying, what about the the locker room? 
I mean, if the offense has been playing great and the defense isn't, or vice versa, the defense is playing great and the offense isn't, does the divide in the locker room happen quickly between offense and defense or even through certain players in your experience? It can because you get some egos involved, but I think that great teams are made in the locker room. There's always a veteran leader. There's always somebody in the locker room who everybody looks up to. Um, And as you get older, a lot of times the younger guys will look up to you. And, you know, the thing about it is when you come in, let's say the defense gave up two touchdowns, you're, you're down. You can't come in and have animosity towards your own teammates. You have to come in and just worry about yourself. I can't go backpedal. I can't cover any receiver out there, right? Only thing I could do is take a snap, hopefully throw it to the right guy, not throw an interception, hand it off to a good running back, right? Those are the things that I could control. I can't control whether a guy falls down when he's covering somebody or we run the wrong blitz or we miss a kick, right? Even though that's really hard, as a leader, you have to be able to put that aside and focus on the things that you can control, right? I can go and control my line and say, hey, you got to play better. All right, I'll help you any way I can. Let's just get the job done, right? So things like that. I can't control things that um, that are happening anywhere else on, you know, within the team. And for me, the locker room was about a family, right? I tried to do things. Um, I was always a prankster in the locker room. I love playing jokes on people, no matter who it was, <laughs> uh, or I bring donuts in, or I do all kinds of stuff because I felt like the more I can get to know my teammates, the better we're going to be, the more trust we're going to have out on the field with each other. I feel like that's good for life, right? Like like when you're yeah. at work, <laughs> you keep that in mind. You got to control what you can control. Well, yeah, you you know, control what you can control, but it's also being a good teammate is about you know trying to do things to bring everyone together. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes, you, and and the thing about it is, you got to understand people's personalities. Yeah, some guys don't want to talk to right, be talked to right. I, I interviewed Ricky Williams on my show. And Ricky and I played together in Miami. And I said, Ricky, man, I really wanted to play a joke on you when I was at the Dolphins. You know, but Ricky was really serious. He was in early. He was doing yoga all the time. He was very quiet. He goes, oh, man, I wish you would have. I just wanted to, like, you know, he was quiet. So he didn't feel like he was part, like, he was a hard worker. He did his job. He never made a mistake. But he wanted, to like, somebody to bring him in. Right? And I'm like, I wish I would have known that. You know what I mean? Like, sometimes when you do those things, and everybody can, you're not really laughing at them. We're just trying to have fun. And because we're together all the time, you know how it is like through COVID. Yeah. If you you were with your family every day, you had to do things to kind of break the ice to, to, to make yourself laugh, to get through it. Yeah. No, all right, that's Gus, a- so every morning I'm going to need you to like call me or text me with like some motivational <laughs> <laughs> advice. Going to need it. Yeah, that you know, that's just that, put on a smile. It. Put on a smile, like and uh, you know, just just be happy you put two feet on the ground, yeah. and and just enjoy your day and live in the moment, right? Yeah, I, that's great. Advice. There's so many times I've been worried about the future, worried about what I did in the past, and yeah, I can't change the past. I don't know the future. All I can do is be better today. Yeah, and I have another. I love it. That's uh, having uh, have another question for you. That's from a, a geek football fan side. So we've been hearing a lot about Ben Roethlisberger 
and the system they have there in Pittsburgh, where he likes to be in shotgun. He doesn't like turning his back to the defense on play action. Is that something that you thought about during your career? Like when you do play action, turning your back to the defense, did that bother you at all? Or were you somebody who had a certain way where you like shotgun more on the center? Did any of that come to mind for you when you were playing? Yeah, we barely, I mean, and throughout my career, I barely did shotgun. Um, you know, that was like something that was saved for third down and long or, you know, two minute mm-hmm. drill or, or something like that, or, uh, you know, just certain special situations. Now it seems like they're in it every play. I, I, when I was a player, I loved big play action, you know, you know, getting a good protection and getting my receivers downfield. And then, uh, you know, I just had such a good time doing that. Yeah. Sometimes you take a big hit, but there's nothing like it when you complete a 25 yard pass against a DB you get up and, or, you know, you move the ball and, and let's go do it again. Uh, to me, that's, that's awesome. You know, it's a lot of fun. I mean, part of the game is throwing a short and doing shotgun, but the game has changed, right? The game has changed. Yeah. It's gone to more like colleges, I feel. And, uh, you know, last year, I don't think that was the real big Ben, you know, seeing him, yeah. you know, I, I, I would rather see him under center more, you know, doing a little play action because to me, the Steelers are about coming off the ball and smashing somebody in the face. And, you know, where last year I felt like the, those big linemen they had were always going backwards. They weren't going forward and like, let's go, let's go. Let's, let's, let's do what we do. Cause that's the division they're in. Right. Yeah. The Ravens, the Browns now, I don't know about the black Bengals, and blue. But, right. No, I definitely think they'll yeah, get back much. to that this year with Najee Harris drafting him. I think that's a big part of it. So I think we'll see more of that big Ben that you like coming off play action and throwing the ball downfield. Well, they have a new coordinator in Matt Canada, so I think that there's going to be some changes. Yeah. Um, and I think that everybody in the Steelers organization probably felt like that after, you know, kind of leading the league in five under five-yard throws. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Oh, man, Gus, this has been awesome, man. I mean, I know we went over time with you, but I appreciate you hanging on this whole time. But before you go, you got to let us know about Huddle Up with Gus podcast, man. What's going on with that and where can they find you? Yeah, so uh, you can follow me at Huddle Up with Gus. Uh, It's the same thing. Go to at Huddle Up with Gus on social media. Follow me there. Um, You know, this week I have out a, a great author. I actually interviewed him not too long ago. His name's Keith Hirschland. Uh, or yeah, so Keith wrote a bunch of books. He was worked with the NF, uh, with with uh, the Golf Channel forever, ESPN. So he was just an awesome guy. But I interview all kind of people, and I talk to them about how sports shaped their life. That's where I start, and then we kind of go like you guys did, right? We have a great conversation, and I let the guests lead it wherever they want. So I huddle up with Gus. We 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 just have a good time. I just interviewed Joe Namath, and we just had a, such a blast. We're both Pittsburgh guys. You know, he grew up the opposite side of Pittsburgh from where I grew up. Our dads were mill guys, and we talked a lot of, you know, everybody knows about Joe. All the stories, I wasn't going to ask Joe the same stuff. Yeah. We were going to have a conversation how we grew up similar, right? And how like he went it. to Alabama. I went to Tulsa, right? He went to New York. I went to D.C. So there were similarities. <laughs> I just told him, like, look, we were different because you won championships and I did. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. You know, one more real quick, just just to, you know, just to, uh, we have another fan in here, uh, Terry asking, what was your favorite team in city to play for before you get out of here? 
Man, there were so many. I loved every team I played for um, just because I felt like I was so lucky to be there. But um, the team that drafted me in Washington, um, I just still have an affinity for them. I know that there were things that happened to me there. Um, there was crazy things that went on in my career where I was drafted seventh. There was a first rounder. I ended up beating out the first rounder. Then I have to end my career there in a crazy way. But Washington always is uh, near and dear to my heart. And, uh, you know, and my good friend right now is probably going to play his final years in Washington and Ryan Fitzpatrick. You know, he's on his ninth team. I played on my seventh team. And it's just I can't wait to watch him in his 17th year in the NFL leading the the Washington football team. I don't know. I think they're going to have a new name at some point. I don't know. But uh, I can't wait to watch him. So but I loved every team I played for. They're supposed to have a new name. They narrowed it down to three, but they won't tell us. They gave us the eight. That they made an announcement to make an announcement. That was I was I was upset about that last week. Yeah, I don't I don't like that. that either. Just tell us what it is. Yeah, like, just keep, tell us. But yeah. they are my pick to win NFC East. So I, I love that defense. I'm all in on Chase Young. I think Ryan Fitzpatrick can get a bad rap, but I think they're a good solid young team. And uh, I actually do think they're gonna win the East. Well, I'll unfortunately. just unfortunately. I'll just let you know this, Nikki. There's no other person in the NFC East that has magic tied to his name. So it's magic. <laughs> he just keeps on rolling, man, doing his thing. It's amazing. Oh, I, love it. I don't know if he's going to shave his beard or not, but I don't know how he plays with that thing, man. It's, <laughs> it's wild. He's no, got to he get can. a special made helmet. <laughs> he's yeah. got, he does. He's, he's, he's really like an eight. Now he's like an eight and a half helmet. That's how big his head is. <laughs> I see. There you go. I love it. Oh, man. Oh, man. Gus, awesome. again, what a great time, really. Yeah, the fans are loving it. We're getting, you know, great comments all over the place that it's been, you know, a great interview. You've been awesome. And we can't thank you enough for coming on, man. We really, we really appreciate it so much. Yeah, yeah. no, I appreciate Thanks you guys. So Thanks for having me on. It was a great show. I appreciate all the fans, and you know they can check me out at huddleupwithgus.com um, or wherever listen, they listen to their favorite podcasts. Yep, make sure you check it out. Listen, you heard about the guys he's interviewing and everything and what they talk about. That sounds like a lot of fun. So I'm in. I'm a fan already, as you know, as you know. Gus, thanks right. so much. Enjoy the rest of your night, bro. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. I appreciate you having me on. Absolutely. Thank you. Pleasure. Bye. 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 All right. That was Gus Farad right there, giving the real deal action right there. I mean, look, that's I mean, that's awesome. I love talking to professional athletes, whether they're current, former, you know, whatever. That's great. We get that insight that we obviously don't know because we're not in one of the 32 NFL locker rooms, Nikki. It's amazing. That was very, very, very cool. Um, I just love to hear people's stories and you know, like, especially it's like a sneak peek behind the scenes, but just in general, I love to hear how people, you know, kind of, you know, made their own success. So I, I could have listened to him for the rest of the show. I thought yeah. it was just cool. um, very insightful, had like really good advice that you can apply to anywhere in life. So that was really, really awesome. So thankful that he came on tonight and uh, did the show with us for a little bit. Yes. No doubt. Big shout out to Gus right there. That was great. Very, very insightful and a lot of fun. No question about it. So that was good rapid fire action and Nikki, really good. All right. Well, we got to hit up neighborhood news right now. So let's uh, let's go through. We did touch on some things, but um, 
unfortunately, Travis Etienne out for the season. The Jaguars' second first-round pick, if you can follow along with that math. Unfortunately, he's out with foot surgery, uh, done for the year. We were talking about Jameis Winston, man. I mean, those throws that he was throwing to that kid, was it Callaway? Marquez Callaway? Yeah, Marquez Callaway. Woo! Talk to me, D. Hey. I might might be an overreaction, but I picked up Marquez Callaway in our fantasy league. <laughs> <laughs> you guys better, yeah. better pay attention to the waiver wire because I was on there. Oh, I, think he's a, <laughs> I think he's a star in the making, man. Like because even though it's against the Jaguars, those throws and catches are tough against anybody. Both oh, those yeah. big catches that he made were amazing. The first one where he gets interfered with, still dives that round. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and still catches the ball is amazing. The second one was a one hand as he's fending off the defender on a fade route. Like two great catches, and you could tell he has speed, good route running ability. And I was against a cornerback who's expected to be good. Uh, Chris doesn't think he's going to be good. He was very critical of that cornerback who Callaway was toasting. <laughs> but <laughs> I think that uh, that Callaway is definitely going to be a star in the making. Of course, I love what I saw from Jameis as well. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they they took him out after that second touchdown. Like, well, we've seen enough. I mean, like you said, they didn't name him as a starter, but it looks like he's going to be over Taysom Hill, who didn't perform that well. Granted, he was with the second and third stringers at that point, but regardless, it looks like they want to give it to Jameis. And, they, Nikki, they gave it to Trevor Lawrence um, pretty much obviously, but, damn, even watching that game, we know that, you know, not all the ones are in there. He didn't have his center. He didn't have his left guard. But you gotta get a, you gotta cringe a little bit when you look at this guy first round pick. And he's gonna be on this bad team, and you know until they get good and start paying players, I get a little scared for him, Nikki. For Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. I don't know. Sorry, Dean. I don't know. I know Maybe were we were uh, were we a little too ambitious with the Jags? Maybe. Maybe. I don't maybe. Know. I think maybe. I. I. What did I give him? Six wins. I don't know. Yeah, me too. I think I well, I think it was a little crazy there, but but it was the Saints. It is preseason. I don't know. Maybe I was just a little overzealous. Yeah, yeah. you. I, my bold prediction was him breaking a rookie record for passing yards. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's gonna be your Mike McCarthy. Of the yeah, yeah, sure. yeah. Yeah, we never know. It looks like they're gonna be playing from behind a lot. So uh, that's one that's thing. True. Yeah, Another star they named in Chicago. It is official. QB one Andy Dalton. Ah, uh, God, I don't know. Damien, does it make sense to you that they're going to go with Dalton until what? Or should they just throw the kid in there already? And that's what Chicago wants. Chicago is beating down the door and saying, we want Justin Fields, but Matt Nagy's sticking to his guns, man. I just don't get it. I could see if Andy Dalton was a guy who had extreme success in the league. He's had moderate success, right? He's been okay. In the years where Cincinnati was pretty good and made to those playoff I was going to say playoff runs, but I just say made the playoffs. Yeah, that's they didn't it. Make a run in the playoffs. Even one damn game, not one yeah. game. <laughs> no, they never got past that wild card matchup. In those years, he was surrounded by talent. Like they had a great offensive line, AJ Green. They had like in his prime. You had a really good defense there. So the situation was pretty much almost perfect outside of like ownership, you know, and those things. But on the field, he had everything he needed in Cincinnati. And still his ceiling was the wild card round of the playoffs. Yeah. So in Chicago, where you don't have everything you need, his ceiling is going to be just bad. With Justin Fields, you know that he can be dynamic and he can make things happen out of nothing. 
But Andy yeah. Dalton, he doesn't have that ability. Uh, Andy Dalton, I think, could be a good backup for the next five, six years in the league for you. But he's not a guy who you put on a team who's expected to make the playoffs. Like, Chicago made the playoffs last year despite having Mitch Trubisky. So when you switch out Trubisky for another quarterback, you're expecting to take a step up. I don't right. think Andy Dalton is that big a step up from Trubisky, especially the way Trubisky looked against them in that preseason game. Yeah, right. So I don't get it. I don't get why Matt Nagy's doing it. Does he have a wish to get fired? That's what it seems like. <laughs> it's like he, he has a wish to get fired. Maybe, Nikki, maybe it's some of this. The only thing that I could think of is that the fact that the Bears' offensive line is really not that good and – Either they don't want to get – look, Justin Fields got smacked in the helmet. His head almost came off in that place. So we know his offensive line is really not that good. But he's more mobile. So do you think, Nikki, in your opinion, go with the more mobile guy who can get away from this sort of pass rush or go with the guy who could do a three-step drop and just get it out of their hands and, you know, wait for Justin Fields to get his turn? What do you think about this? No, I don't <laughs> I don't like this. I said it when we did – uh, the NFC North, I think they're just going to they're gonna roll with Andy Dalton like one too many weeks too long. He's going to throw like three picks probably in week one. Like, I just hate this. I don't like it. I don't understand why we're doing this. Um, no, I just – it's going to be like week five, six, and then, you know, maybe we'll make the change. But by then, I think it'll just be too little too late. Yeah. Well, there was another one in Denver. Teddy Bridgewater is my man. Teddy Two Gloves over here, right, D? He's got the job. And that changes – I'm telling you guys, that changes my perspective about Denver right now. The fact that the Drew Lock experiment is over and we know what Teddy Bridgewater could do, they have a really good offense. We already went over in the AFC, uh, AFC West when we talked about it. They have a really good defense too. With Bridgewater not turning the ball over, making plays, matriculating the ball down the field to steal a line from – I don't know whoever said matriculating. I forgot it would probably John Madden or some shit like that. But, <laughs> but Bridgewater, I mean, I think that Denver now could possibly be a playoff team, Nikki. But I agree with you. And I think we kind of all were on the same page. This team was going to depend on who the starter was going to be. And then you can make like, uh, you know, an accurate prediction. But listen, we, we, I'm glad the experiment is over. I think everybody knew what we were getting. I think Teddy Bridgewater is. I don't know that he's going to like catapult them and quantum leap them, but I think he is leaps and bounds. I'll give him a leaps and bounds better. No, leaps, leaps and bounds. Leaps and bounds. Oh, we got quantum leaps and leaps and bounds. Oh, boy. Holy crap. We're leaping all over the place. We're like freaking frogs over here. I love it. This is freaking great. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, also, a uh, big trade went up. Up, down, left, right, wherever your freaking direction it went. But it happened this morning. Sony Michelle, the former now running back of the New England Patriots, is going over to the L.A. Rams. And that kind of screws shit up for me because I had Daryl Henderson Jr. after Cam Akers went out of my fantasy team. And now it looks like Sony Michelle's going to get all the freaking touches. And LaDonna's got him, Damian. I'm pissed off. <laughs> yeah, Damn. no, that's um, that's an underrated value pick now for Don and our league. Anybody who's got Sony Michelle, because with New England, you don't know what's going to happen with the running backs. Uh, speaking of Chris, he talks about it all the time how you can't trust New England running backs because of Bill Belichick. They can go off for one game, then next game, you know, they're in the doghouse. So now with him being in a system like the Ram system, that system that's running back heavy, they really depend on play action and things like that. So I can see him having a really good year. 
Yeah, and he can catch the ball out of the backfield, Nicky, also. That's something that Michelle can do. You know, he wasn't used enough in in New England because, like Damien alluded to, it was either, you know, Rex Burkhead, James White coming in, whoever it was. So that's one less guy that they have to worry about in New England. I wonder if Damien Harris is going to be the Corey Dillon from, you know, 15 years ago, where he's the guy who's getting all the, all the carries. LeGarrett Blunt was the guy getting all the carries. Is it going to be Damian Harris now, or is it going to be this new rookie that they brought in? I can't even remember his last name. Stevenson, I think. I could see it being Harris because he's the veteran. He's the guy who knows the system. Um, so I could see Harris getting a lot of carries. But like you said, with them, you just don't know. Yeah, you never know. You know, they'll probably just, James White will probably just keep lighting it up over there. Nikki, God, we have no idea. No, yeah, clue, they like pull people off the street and they like go off do. for a game. Everybody's like, let me grab this guy. And he doesn't do shit for the rest of the season. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, Nicky, exactly. speaking, speaking of Belichick, he said that, in, you know, because of Cam's absence right now, which apparently is COVID related, not saying that he has it, but um, he's got to go through, you know, some sort of system where he's got to be away from the team for a few days because he may have been in an area where there was COVID, whatever. So they got to take you know, the quarantine, whatever it is, so on and so forth. But that opens up the door in Bill Belichick's own words for Mac Jones. I know you're high on the rookie quarterbacks, Nikki, and you say, you know what, throw him in there, let's get him going. But do you still think it's Cam Newton's team, even though he's missing this time? Or is this now time for Mac Jones to shine and say, you know what, let me start right away? Um, well, it is an opportunity for the rookie. I, I do think this is probably Cam's team, at least for the foreseeable future. Uh, but hey, uh, opportunity is knocking, and that's how a lot of guys get their start, right? Something unfortunate happens to the starter, and they get their shot. So, yeah. listen, if he can go in and you know make name for himself and give Bill Belichick something to think about, then then good for him. Hey, look, you said shot. That reminds me of Tyrod Taylor. That gave Justin Herbert his shot last year. That's exactly what happened. So yeah, poor guy. Didn't they didn't they put the needle? What what happened? In the lungs yeah. or something? Was that no, they took the freaking machete and they jabbed it through his freaking heart. That's what they did. They tore him up. It was horrible. <laughs> that was last year, right? Huh? That was last year, right? Yeah. yeah first game, first game of the year. Literally two minutes oh. before the game, Justin Herbert learned that he was going into the game yeah. because <laughs> they punctured Tyrod Taylor's lung by going too far on a shot that was supposed to be for the ribs. I would sue the yeah. shit out of that fucking team. I swear to God. Now that he's in Houston, sue the hell out of him. Go for it. Yeah. You know, you know what? Robbie Anderson sued the Panthers, uh, Damian. How the hell did they I, – look, I know he's good, but he got a two-year, $29.5 million extension. He's not that good. That's crazy. That's like $15 million a year for Robbie Anderson. What? When you look at the going rate for raw receivers, I can see Robbie Anderson getting that, though. Like, Get the hell he, out of here. That's bullshit. <laughs> he is nowhere near top two or one tier. He's bringing like the 15th tier. Uh, he's good. Don't get me wrong, but that's mad cash, man. Damn. Are these your Definitely tomatoes? Is. I'm confused. <laughs> I'm not throwing them now. Jeez. I mean, I just thought that was a lot of money. <laughs> it's it's a lot of money. I have to look again at the you know the wide receiver pay. But when you think about Robbie Anderson, he's somebody who can get you over a thousand yards. He can all the routes in route tree. You can go up and get the ball. So he can do it all. And he's never had a really elite quarterback, right? Darnold, yeah. Yeah. Bridgewater, back to Darnold. So he's somebody who we haven't seen with an elite quarterback to see what he really can do if he had that top-notch guy. Well, they're paying him elite money, man. That's for freaking sure. You know, 
Uh, one of our favorites, our collective favorites over here to close that neighborhood news before we get to our actual applause and tomatoes. Serena Williams, unfortunately, has to withdraw from the U.S. Open due to her torn hamstring. And my question to you guys is twofold, um, Nikki. One is it, it one is it's just a statement. One is it's an absolute shame because she is the U.S. Open. When she goes there, she owns it. She is the site. She's the crowd. She's everything. She's America. She's the U.S. Open. But at her age and given all that she's gone through with her body and all the pain, is it time for her to just say, you know what, that's enough, I'm done, I need to live the rest of my life? Or does that burning athlete inside her going to keep her going into her 40s? Yeah, no, I don't know. Athletes are tough. Like I, I am by no means a professional athlete, but my parents are in the chat and they can attest to this. I mean, like I said, I have an old knee injury from cheerleading. I have old dance injuries. And they were like, oh, you guys like, you know, you know, you should probably stop cheering. Your knee's going to get worse. Did I stop? Nope. And here I am, 36, about to be 37 next week. And I, I, my knee like still is an excruciating pain a lot of the times, but um, no, it's just, I, I can't imagine a professional athlete. Like if you have the drive is just like, you know, a kid and you're like, no, I'm going to keep going and keep going. And, you know, yeah. um, I, I don't know. I feel like, no, I feel like it'll probably, she'll probably push it maybe one too many extra years, but it is tough when the body starts breaking down, but you know, we'll see, but I think she'll keep going. I hope she does, but selfishly. Yeah. I mean, I wanted to, and I wanted to win another grand slam, uh, you know, another yeah. grand slam D, but to me, that seems unrealistic at this point. Yeah. She's starting to slow down both from injuries and just, you know, mother time where she is, no longer as fast or as powerful as she used to be. And that just happens. You know, she's still the greatest of all time, but, you know, mother time or father time is undefeated. And when it comes to the injuries, I guess it depends on how much you can take, right? If she, cause she's still, even at this advanced stage, she's probably still a top 10 player in the world when healthy. For sure. Um, yeah. So the fact that she's still that good, it's hard to tell somebody to walk away when they're that good at the sport and have been doing the sport all their life. Right. Yeah. So what do you do? Yeah. I'm, I know she has other interests and she does other things and she's a mother. But what do you do when it's really taken away, when you truly don't have that sport anymore to do? Um, so I think it's hard to tell an athlete to walk away. But for me, selfishly as well, I want to see her continue because one of my things on my sports bucket list was to see Serena Williams at the U.S. Yeah. Open. Yeah. Right? If I can't see Serena, I want to see Naomi Osaka or another great player if I can't see Serena. So hopefully next year. She comes back, and I can go and see her at the U.S. Open selfishly and get that off my bucket list. All right, we yeah, should all guys, go. Yeah, yeah. she's there. We should all go. Definitely. When we when we did our our, our bucket list, you know, a couple of weeks yeah. ago of players that we want to see, Serena was right on my list. I'm like, I want to see yeah. her play up live in person because I love that individual sport action. It's really great. So let's hope that she gets back and she does play and she gets what she wants and she does what she wants because. My God, she has dominated the circuit for 20 years. It's been freaking unbelievable. Coming out in the cat suit and now being a mother doing her thing. Ooh, the cat suit. Oh, woo! Meow. <laughs> oh, chef's kiss. Meow. Wow. All right. <laughs> no, Serena's my girl, whether or not she knows it or not. Serena's my girl. That's just- <laughs> next year. Tell her about yourself, Jay. <laughs> I know. If she don't know me, she's going to know me. Okay? That's <laughs> All right, let's do them uh, tomatoes and the applause action. But we start with the tomatoes, and always Nikki throws it off. Let's do it. 
Mm, okay. This is, I have like combined tomatoes, but you'll you'll understand why. I actually didn't want to throw them at these two, but I have to throw them at Starbucks and Dunkin' because it seems like every year we're releasing the pumpkin shit and the apple cider stuff <laughs> and like non-coffee, like sugar drinks. By the way, the new apple latte, whatever it is, 46 grams of sugar. First of all, I, like... Don't drink that, people. Please don't. <laughs> That's so you're just drinking a heart attack. Yeah, a shot of insulin or something. Like, I just, what, it's the end of August, right? We're not totally at the end. Second to last week of August. Like, I, I just cannot stand it. We're getting earlier and earlier every year. Next thing you know, it's going to be like 4th of July, and they're going to be like, pumpkin spice latte. Like, <laughs> Stop. Let us have summer. And with that, I'm also throwing tomatoes at people who think that fall starts September 1st. Okay. And somebody asked me, I said, oh, I'm taking off of work next week. It's my birthday. So on and so forth. And they said, oh, so you were born in the fall. And I was like, well, no, it's September 3rd. I mean, it's still summer as far as like I, I've, every calendar I've read, it's still summertime. Oh, no, yep. September fall. <laughs> No, I've never had a birthday where it's like, you know, not 100 degrees. What are you talking about? So like these people with this hot ass latte on September 1st with the boots and the pumpkin and you think it's fall. Just stop. I, let me have my summer, please. We don't all love fall and winter. OK, so I, I just I don't need fall earlier than it needs to be. Wait till mid-September at least. We didn't even kick off football yet. And right. We're worried about pumpkins and, and, and fall lattes. No. No, smash the pumpkins, I say. Smash the damn things. Yeah. Oh, you were born in fall. No, I wasn't. I, oh, God. <laughs> nope. nope, no. Check out a calendar. It's September 21st to 22nd, whichever they decide on the freaking calendar year. Nope, I'm with you. I'm with you. Stupid. And I, don't, I and especially for you, you're in New Jersey. You only yeah. have a limited time of summer. Damien and I are you know, sweating our ass off all year long over here, so we're good. Yes, yeah. only, we only get, like, and not even full June, you know, it's like mid June to, to mid September. So let me have my summer. Yep. yep. That's it. You're a summer baby. End of story. That's right. Yes. You know it. All right, D, your tomatoes. Wind them up, kiddo. I'm throwing my tomatoes at fast food workers. All right. Oh, <laughs> I like this. So I understand it's a tough job, right? I get it. I've had family members working fast food, you get a lot of rude people. It's a long hours, you're on your feet a lot, and you, it's, re, it's, re, it's repetitive. It's a lot of the same things over and over again. So I can get how it can be annoying. But don't take that out on me. Not <laughs> come to get my number two, no mayonnaise. <laughs> Just remember, no mayonnaise. It's not that hard. Nope. I asked for no mayonnaise, and I swear to God, I got an extra glop of yep. mayonnaise. <laughs> <They're> like, <"Screw laughs> I swear they scooped it out, and you hear the bloop. Like, I swear they did that. <laughs> Uh, on my burger and it happens all the time uh, when they mess up the order and i'm not asking for anything crazy no mayonnaise or add pickles i'm not one of those people who goes to burger king and gets like 17 things added to the burger like i've been behind that person i can see how you can mess up that order where they say i literally like i'm trying to do it verbatim i was behind somebody at burger king one day you're like all right so i'm gonna get the whopper extra pickles extra mustard extra ketchup and it was like no mayonnaise uh, cook this way, cook that way. I want the toast. I want the buns toasted. I was like, "You think you had a fancy restaurant? This is Burger King. What are you asking for the buns? <laughs> the buns to be toasted? What are you doing?" So I can see how that order can be messed up on accident 
quote unquote. <laughs> so I can see how that happens. But if I'm just asking for no mayonnaise or just pickles added, come on, man. You can do that. Now I have to stop eating fast food. So I'm gonna throw tomatoes at myself for not being healthy. <laughs> so maybe I deserve this and this is a sign for me to stop eating fast food. But until I get to that point where I stop eating fast food, at least get my heart right. So I'm throwing my <laughs> tomatoes at the bad fast food workers who don't get your order That's right. Good. When it's very simple, what you're ordering. It's a, it's <laughs> Let me tell you, man. Annoying. Yes. I, I, on two accounts, but one, the fast food is just bad freaking news, and you're way too young to be eating that crap. Get the good stuff in you. Do the Tom Brady diet or whatever you got to do. But I, that's one of the reasons I don't go to fast food anymore. It's not just the fact that the food is crap for the most part, if you're talking about McDonald's, Burger King, whatever, and stuff like that. But they always screw up my order. I never asked in my life. I, I'm from New York. We put ketchup on our freaking burger. I don't put mustard and all this other crap and mayonnaise. Like, and they have that down here, and it drives me freaking crazy. And I have to ask, just the burger and the cheese. You know what? I'm freaking done. I ain't doing it no more. It drives me crazy. Yeah, just just right. burger, lettuce, cheese. Like, Simple. no tomato. I have to actually, like, sometimes I go places and say that I'm allergic to tomato because I hate tomato so much, and people don't listen. And so sometimes you say you're allergic. But, like, my God, like, I don't want – who puts mayo on the burger? Yeah. Not <laughs> normal people. And I see – you know what? I see it on commercials, too, and I want to throw the – up all over the place it is disgusting makes me sick and they crunch it too and you see it going out the side it's like oh my god stop me. Look at oh, it anymore. no i Leave know it god mayo is so gross it really is I, I still don't know what the hell it is it's like eggs and water or some crap like that it's bad wow it's definitely not tomatoes we know that my tomatoes real quick I just, it, it, I'm telling you, it's driving me crazy. I don't know who the freak is who anymore playing football with these numbers. Buda Baker's wearing number three. I just learned that last week. We got Micah Parsons, who is 200 and freaking 50 pounds, and he's wearing number 11. I don't like the number thing. I really, really, truly don't. I'm not like, you know, with some NFL traditionalists where everything's got to stay the same, but I'm confused as shit. I don't know who the hell is who out there. People have changed numbers. And it, it's driving me absolutely crazy. And, you know, you got, you know, wide receivers have been able to wear, you know, from like one to 19 for a while. And now, you know, defensive backs doing that. And then all of a sudden you have, you know, somebody wearing number nine on the defensive line who weighs 300 pounds. It's like, it doesn't work. It doesn't belong. So I don't know. I don't know. Are they out to confuse the hell out of us? Cause it's working. I have no idea who I'm looking at anymore. Do, uh, do you guys yeah. Uh, do you hate the number change or are you like, you know what, whatever, it's all good? Now, I can get your frustration. I think it's just going to take a little while to get used to. That's, that's anything while. that happens that's new, it's going to take a little while. Uh, but I definitely get that, like, especially when you see Divas Lyman wearing nine. You're like, really, bro? Like, you know, that's not a big guy number. Like, <laughs> a nine is for a quarterback, you know, maybe even a cornerback. It's a small guy number or a leader's number. Yes. It's nine, something like that, right? Um, I do like a wide receiver wearing number one. I think it's pretty badass. That's um, okay. Yeah, I'm all right yeah. with that. Yeah, but for me, they are certain. Like, there was a linebacker who was making all these plays and he's wearing 28. Like, who's that safety? Oh, no, yeah. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, it's a, line, it's a linebacker. Like, ah. So, yeah, I nope. get it because we've, we've been watching sports like you, you know, 40 years, me, 30 years of watching football this way and seeing the linebackers being in the 50s and not wearing number 11 like Michael Parsons. So it's going to take a little getting used to. That's all. I think it's after like a few weeks, you'll be used to it. 
I, you're probably right. You're probably right, but it's still pissing me the hell off. It really is. I just, just, it's driving me crazy. But yeah, you're right. We'll, we'll learn. We'll get a, you know, cause I used to be one of those guys. Oh, what number did this guy wear? Boom, bang. Now I can't tell you. Now I don't have a freaking clue. Everybody's numbers changing, you know, except for quarterbacks for the most part, except Mac Jones wearing that number 50, looking like a doofus. Anyway, <laughs> speaking of quarterbacks, let me get to my applause. I am applauding the 49ers for naming Jimmy G the starter week one and seeing how it goes for a couple of reasons. One, the, the truth is, and I like the way Trey, Trey Lance looks, and I can't wait for him to be the starter eventually, but he's just not ready yet. He played one game in the past two years. Now he's got NFL action in the preseason and everything, but I am not ready, and the 49ers are clearly not ready for him to jump in. The 49ers are playing the Lions and the Eagles in weeks one and two. So you can look at it from the other side, and I want to get your guys' opinion on this. Jimmy G goes out there, and let's say, even though he looks like shit right now in the preseason, let's say he balls out against the Lions and the Eagles who don't have good defenses, all right? Is that trade bait, Nikki? do you think, where it's like, okay, Jimmy Garoppolo's stock just went up. Maybe the Niners can get a, you know, a nice draft pick for him and then put Trey Lance in. What are your thoughts about that? Do you think it's a possibility? Yeah, didn't they – but that, I feel like that's always the storyline with Jimmy J. Like, we always hear that. It's always like, oh, he's trade bait. He's trade bait. Like, so I guess it's a possibility since it seems to be every year. But, no, oh, if he's out there balling out, I mean, ride the train until it goes off the tracks. Like, what? Yeah, I, mean, yeah, I agree. Uh, Damien, I want to know what you think I because – I'm glad that Jimmy G is a starter and, you know, he does know the offense better. And I want Trey Lance to learn more from the sidelines. So I like the move. But do you think that the Niners may be looking to trade Jimmy G at some point this season? Only if they get blown away by an offer. Like they mm. get one of those offers like a few years back when the it was the Vikings who traded for Sam Bradford. Remember they gave oh, yeah. was it the Eagles. They gave all those draft picks to yeah. Sam Bradford. It was like, it's Sam Bradford. Like, we knew it was going to happen. We knew he was going to get hurt eventually, and that's what happened. Um, so with Jimmy G, I don't think you're going to get that type of offer because I think that type of offer was ruined by Sam Bradford. Sam Bradford ruined the rookie scale and ruined teams getting a lot for a QB who's kind of a mid-tier quarterback. So, you know, the most they might get is what they paid for him. Remember when they originally got him, they traded a second-round pick, if I remember correctly, Yeah, for Jimmy yeah. G? Yeah. So I think that's the most they can get back from him. So at that point, you're like, we might as well keep him, especially if he's playing well, and we can continue to bring in Trey Lance slowly. So I think that's what they're going to do. And you know what? To close it out, even if Trey Lance does you know, end up starting, let's say, week four or five or whatever it is, I still want Jimmy G on the team because – you know, Nick Mullins ain't with us anymore, but, you know, I don't want to see those type of quarterbacks come in. I'd rather have, you know, a nice veteran come in if Trey Lance, whatever, God forbid, were to get hurt or something like that. So, um, yeah, I don't want Jimmy G going anywhere. Not this year. We'll see what happens next year as Trey Lance becomes our guy. All right, D, your applause. So my applause, I'm going to go to the world of boxing and give my applause to your Dennis Ugas. Um, he was the fighter who had to step up in place of Errol Spence Jr., to fight against Manny Pacquiao, and he hit the jackpot. So he was originally scheduled to be on the undercard of that fight, right, and be the co-main event pretty much. And at the co-main event, maybe he was going to make 200000 250000 He went from that to probably making a good $5 million at least uh, going into the main event. So he hit the jackpot when Earl Spence got hurt. And not only did he hit the jackpot money-wise, but he took advantage and beat Manny Pacquiao. 
And Manny Pacquiao, of course, is not the fighter he was in his prime. You know, he's, you know, 41, 42 years old now, but he's still really good. So the fact that Ugas was able to take advantage of this moment, beat Manny Pacquiao, and now set himself up to be one of the big players in the welterweight division, I have to give my applause to him for taking advantage of that opportunity the way he did. And now going forward, he could be somebody who could maybe call a shot and fight against Errol Spence or Terrence Crawford and go forward with what he wants to do. So I want to give my applause to you, Dennis Ugas, for taking advantage and beating Manny Pacquiao. Yeah, talk about taking advantage of an opportunity. An opportunity comes knocking, you answer, boom, he answered. No doubt about it. And speaking of boom, how many times is Manny Pacquiao going to get punched in the face until he says, I'm freaking done with this shit? Because that guy takes a beating every time he's in the ring. Yeah, he's never been a great defensive fighter, even in his prime. Uh, in his prime, he was so fast that his offense was his defense. Like he could yeah. just in a blur hit you with four or five punches and you can't respond because you're just worried about getting hit. So once that speed is gone, he can no longer just come at you with four or five punches. Or when he does try to do that, you saw Ugas able to just back up a little bit, tag him one, two, and go in a different mm-hmm. direction because he's no longer with that blinding speed. Uh, Manny Pacquiao, right. I think I think he's done um, because when you look at him taking two years off before this fight, I think this was his last hooray at like, okay, let me see if I still got it. I do have respect for him wanting to go against the elite, but I'm glad he didn't go against Errol Spence Jr. Yeah. That would have been ugly. That would have been ugly because yeah. he got tagged a lot by Ugas. Ugas is not a power puncher. Right. So the fact that he was getting tagged like that by Ugas, it would have been ugly if it was Errol Spence who has power in both hands tagging him like that. It could have been a really ugly scene. So I think Pac-Man should you know, take his legacy. He's one of the best fighters of all time. I think top 10 all time in my book as far as his legacy goes in boxing. Take that, help the Philippines. Hopefully he's taking care of us. I know that he takes care of everybody, but hopefully oh, yeah. he's taking care of his money in a way to where he's good and his family's good. So he can be you know, a political figure going forward in the Philippines and do great things that way. But I think he should be done boxing. Yeah, so let his, let his brain be good so he'll be able to convey this information to you know the Philippines and wherever he goes and everything, really. I mean, it, sometimes he just got to know enough is enough. And But that's the thing. We've sort even with Muhammad Ali getting the crap beat out of him by Larry Holmes. It's like some boxers, any athlete, like we were talking about before, yeah. guys, just – don't you don't want to stop? So I get it. All right, yeah. Nikki, let's close it out with your applause. That was very good, D. I like that. Um, so my applause. I want to get I want to get this headline right. So Tom Brady did an interview with Peter King, and the headline was Tom Brady disavows today's work ethic. And I was very happy when I read the article because he basically called everybody out who he meant this in a football sense, but it just like I felt it because I have a couple co-workers like this and where they blame everybody for their problems. And so Tom Brady was basically saying the state of the game is like how football is the ultimate blame game. And he's trying to uh He said that Tampa Bay is not like that, so I'd assume he's alluding to his previous team where uh, everybody would just blame everybody else instead of taking accountability. So I applaud him for calling out those type of people because I work with those type of people, and often they just (laughs) blame me, throw me under the bus. It's like, okay, hey, did you read your email? But I guess I have to tell you to do that, right? Um, So I applaud him for calling it out because you know what? Take accountability and – He was basically saying, like, you know, it takes a certain type of person to say, no, hey, that was on me. I'm going to do better. I need to elevate the team. So uh, applause to him because I like when people call out the BS. 
Yo, when Tom Brady left New England, everything changed in that man's life. He became this yeah. free soul spirit animal of of the country. I mean, he's just a, a totally different person. He, he would have never thrown a freaking Super Bowl trophy in New England in a freaking river. That just never would have happened. So he's <laughs> a totally great. different dude. That was great. And it was great that nobody got hurt. That was the most amazing thing to me. Because that thing was freaking flying, it was coming in, and it probably weighs a good like twenty five pounds. I would, I would imagine that trophy. That's a badass trophy, man. He's Damn. happy. All right, we got some. He's oh, he's so happy. He's so happy. <laughs> Look, he's living in the fountain of youth. He keeps getting younger, as you know, Nikki. You know, we know you love him. It's all good. It's all good. Just a player, not the team, not the team. We know how it goes. We got teams to get into now, and one of them is actually his team. We are doing the NFC South. Damien's division right now. I can't wait to see where he's got his Saints. We're going to go through it immediately. Let's hit it up. Damien, you first. Who is coming in fourth place in the NFC South? So I really struggle with this because I believe both the Panthers and Falcons are trash. So I, really <laughs> <laughs> so I struggle with who's going to come in last place here. Um, but I'm going to go with the Panthers in last place. Um, I do think that they're going to be – Fun to watch when you think about Christian McCaffrey, Robbie Anderson, like we mentioned, got paid earlier. Uh, DJ Moore, uh, you know, they have a Terrence Marshall Jr. there, wide receiver as well, uh, like their tight ends as well. Um, but defensively, it's ugly. It's really ugly when you look at this mm. team defensively. Um, they have some young talent there, but you're depending on someone like a J.C. Horn, who's a rookie cornerback, to be a shutdown guy. Very hard to do that when you first come in. Uh, other cornerbacks you really can't name. Their front seven, not anybody who's going to come to mind for you as a football fan. So I think they're going to be in a lot of high-scoring games where they're on the wrong end of it, losing games 35-31, 38-30. Um, I do think Sam Donald does make a – not a quantum leap, but he takes leaps and bounds in the words of Nikki <laughs> <laughs> this year, but it won't be enough for them to win. So I have the Carolina Panthers going 4-13. and 13. Oh, okay. So no hope in Carolina over there. Oh boy. Oh boy. Okay. All right. Nikki, what say you? Do you agree? Uh, I do not. I have Atlanta coming in last in this division. Uh, like I had said uh, with my bold prediction, I think this is going to be the year, the first time in like 10 years, they're not a top 10 offense. They have no run game whatsoever. Who's going to step up behind Ridley? Their defense was like, I don't even know, non-existent. I have no idea who the head coach is. Um, <laughs> Kyle Pitts, uh, like I'm high on him. But again, like I said, I don't I don't know that he's going to come out and dominate this year. And they also tend to forget how to play football like in very crucial moments. So I'm not that high in Atlanta this year. I think they'll do all right. But um, I have them at like – seven wins yeah nikki i'm on the same page as you i think they're a six seven win team i got them in fourth also at, at the basement of this division i i know that they will probably be able to score points at certain times but like damien was talking about with carolina in his opinion i think Atlanta's is going to get scored upon like crazy i mean they have maybe two defensive players that you can hang your hat on and grady jarrett and Deion jones other than that they're screwed. Their secondary is a, a freaking nightmare. I mean, it's, it's horrible. Their linebackers, other than Deion Jones, and again, Grady Jarrett is the only, they're the two, they're the only two players on defense. So will they score a little bit? Will you know? Will 
uh, what's his name, uh, Matt Ryan be protected, you know, by Jake Matthews at left tackle. Okay, yeah, but the rest of the offensive line, I'm not sure about. So, speaking of Carolina, Mike Davis is now their running back. Um, he did a good job in the absence of, of Christian McCaffrey last year, but now he's behind a different offensive line. So, I got Atlanta in fourth also, uh, Damian. So, I agree with Nikki on that one. So, what do you got in third? I guess it's going to be Atlanta, huh? Yeah, I got Atlanta third. I don't disagree with you guys at all. I think they're going to be trash. I just think Carolina's going to be a little bit worse. Uh, <laughs> so I got I got Atlanta going five and twelve, and I have a bet with Danny Thompson. Guys, I know you're familiar with him, Jay. He was on our when I did the all time NBA draft show. He was on there with us. Oh yeah, a big Atlanta Falcons fan. And yesterday we made a bet on the Say What Say Again podcast, where if the Saints sweep Atlanta. He has to wear a Saints jersey shirt and post it on Facebook. Vice versa, if Atlanta sweeps us, I have to wear an Atlanta jersey shirt on Facebook. So we'll see what's going to happen, but I'm not worried at all because this team is trash. So, <laughs> <laughs> so looking at them, like you mentioned, the defense, not really good at all. Grady Jarrett is a really good player. Uh, Deion Jones can play. But well, secondary, I'm not really big on A.J. Terrell. Uh, Eric Harris, they really just don't seem like a team that's going to put it together defensively. Offensively, they could definitely score some points if the offensive line protects. Again, I can see them losing games 38 to 30, 35, 31. Um, but I'm skeptical on Arthur Smith, right? So they're trying to act like bringing in Arthur Smith is bringing in this innovative offensive guy that just made so much, so many things happen when he's in Tennessee. He had a 2,000 yard rusher. How hard is it to call a play? Yeah, we have a 2,000-yard rushing. <laughs> we call him yep. HB Dive. HB Dive, give it to Derrick Henry. Okay, every once in a while, play action, Ryan Tannehill throw the ball. You're not really doing that much that really brings out this creativity that they're saying he has. And Mike Davis is a good running back, but he's not Derrick Henry. So what are you going to do when that running game isn't working? Are you going to be able to run that same system? Is he able to adjust? I don't know. I'm not a big believer in it. So I can see where Nikki says this offense may not be top 10 because they could take a step back because Arthur Smith isn't that guy. So I definitely think this yeah. team will struggle. I got them going 5-12 and 12 this season. All right. All right. There you go. So that's your third-place team. Nikki, who's yours? Uh, yeah, I'm going to go Carolina in third. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm giving Sam Darnold, like – Again, I, is Carolina like a world beater? No. Are they leaps and bounds better than the Jets? Yeah. So I'm going to say he's on a somewhat, you know, real team here. And, uh, you know, Moore and Anderson together, that's not too bad. That secondary is suspect. But I am excited for um, Carolina to play the Jets week one. I feel like Sam Darnold is going to bring yeah. those, like, I know I'm going to run into my ex vibes at the party, right? So he's going to show like what they're missing and you can't get this back. So um, I think he's going to elevate Carolina a little bit, not tremendously. I'm talking like maybe eight games. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, Look, I like the Panthers a little bit this year and that's why Damien, I know you're going to freak out, but I think the saints are going to finish in third. I really do. Uh, Look, I, Michael Thomas is not going to be around. Traquan Smith and and Callaway, okay, I, and Alvin Kamara, I love, but I feel like they're going to really play. Teams are going to play press coverage on them. Uh, James Winston's going to really have to be perfect this year. I really believe that, and they're going to try to lock up Alvin Kamara, who is 
their obvious number one weapon. If Michael Thomas was in the lineup, I would feel a little bit different right now, but their wide receiving core, and again, I'm not fooled by that Jacksonville Jaguar game that happened on Monday night. They played the freaking Jaguars, and those were incredible catches, and they were great throws too, don't get me wrong. But against better defenses who know where safety is supposed to be at a certain time and place, that sort of stuff is not going to happen. Now, I do like their defense, which gave me reservations. Look, I think this is a 9-10 win team. I don't think they're crap at all. I think they're 9-10 win team which may be borderline playoff. I love Cameron Jordan, but he's getting up there in age. Malcolm Jenkins, I love him, but he's getting up there in age. So they got to you know, rely on Demario Davis, who is a very good player. I like Marcus Davenport, but I feel like Damian, correct me if I'm wrong, I feel like the defense is getting a little bit older, and they've been really been the backbone of this team for the past three years. So while I'm saying that, I'm not loving the offense, and I know the defense is good, but I'm, they're getting older. Am I, am I crazy in saying that? Yes, you are out of your mind. Yes. <laughs> finish, finish I know you didn't but yes. <laughs> <laughs> going to finish third in the division? Man, yeah. the, our defense, we have veterans, right? And I can see how you're saying you think they're going get, they're getting a little older. but And you can't put too much on preseason. But watching them this preseason, great against Baltimore, great against Jacksonville. Now, Baltimore didn't play Lamar Jackson. I get that. Jacksonville is Jacksonville. I get that. But these are two NFL teams that our first team defense and second team defense was shutting down. Both games, other teams didn't really score until it was the third teams in the game. Our defense is looking really good, man. Uh, and secondary-wise, it doesn't look like Lattimore is going to get punished. Oh, I guess I should go ahead and say I got the Saints finish in second, 11-6. and six. <laughs> And <laughs> I'm going 11-6 and six because I do believe that Jameis Winston will take a quantum <laughs> And one of the reasons I believe this is because of Sean Payton. If anybody can take the turnover machine out of Jameis Winston is Sean Payton. And you think about last year, Michael Thomas didn't play most of the year, and we still went 12-4 and with an old washed-up Drew Brees at quarterback. So you think about Jameis Winston being there, the ability to go downfield. Those throws that you saw against Jacksonville on Monday night, those were not in our offense the past three seasons. So think about how much more dynamic our offense is going to be and how that frees up your receivers. So Traquan Smith, speed. Callaway, you saw, speed. Deontay Harris, speed. So we have all these speed receivers that can make it work in Sean Payton's system. Now, just because you don't know these names don't mean they won't work. I think that these, these wide receivers will take a step up this year and they will ball out. Still got maybe the best offensive line in the league. In this, in right there with the Saints. So he's going to have time to throw, and you have time for those wide receivers to get open. So they don't have to get open as quick as a Michael Thomas had to in the past. They can work down the field. They can do different routes. And even the best cornerbacks can't mm-hmm. stick these wide receivers for that long. So when you think about that fact, right, and the reason that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were able to do the whole jam and just press coverage thing on this last season because Drew Brees couldn't throw it down the field. Now, if you do that now, that play where Jameis threw it to Callaway – was a press coverage play. Callaway got her off the press. And you could throw it over the top. We have that option now. So, and the defense is still really, really good. C.J. Gardner-Johnson may be the best nickel corner in the league. Still got Lattimore, like I said earlier. It looks like he won't get suspended for the little law trouble he had earlier in the season or early in the offseason, excuse me. Uh, I like the rookie that we drafted, a cornerback as well from Stanford. Malcolm Jenkins still looks really good. A uh, defensive line, if Cam Jordan's getting older, we have Davenport. We drafted a defensive end in the first round as well in Turner. I like our defense a lot, man. I like our offense. 
we won't be better than the Bucks, right? Because the Bucks are bringing everybody back. It's crazy. <laughs> but I think the Saints can definitely be a playoff team. 11 and 6. You heard it here first. And our offense will be better this year than it was last year. Even though it's blasphemous to say, Jameis Winston right now is better than Drew Brees last season. Okay. Yeah. Okay, look, this is quantum leap <laughs> action over here that you're floor. talking about. So, you know, you're not sure. Oh, So, I get you, Nikki, you got New Orleans in second place? Uh, yeah, and if I didn't, I was switching it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I do. I also have them winning 11 games. My only concern really is that um, they have that week six buy. So that's 12 consecutive games to finish out. That's tough yeah. to stay healthy all the way through. So I am a little concerned about that. But um, no, I, I really don't think the Saints are going to miss much of a beat, you know, not having Drew Brees. Well, a little bit. I don't think they're going to be better than Tampa Bay, but of course I think it'll be a battle. Um, and for the same reasons you said, Damien, Tampa Bay's bringing everybody back. Uh, Tom Brady was just giving out that family discount, hometown discount, no matter what. And uh, listen, I'm not going against Tom Brady. Like, until you give me a reason why, I, I just really can't pick against him. That's been my philosophy forever, really. Uh, but I agree. I think Saints second, Tampa Bay takes it. Jay, I think you are crazy for me. <laughs> I assume Carolina coming in second, right? Yes, you can assume that correct, that I have Carolina okay. coming in second. I know it's strange, um, but look, I think that – look, I said that Sam Donald is going to have a – Quantum leap, 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 leap. So I do believe that's going to happen. Look, Damien, you seem to think that Robbie Anderson's worth all that damn money. They got DJ Moore over there also. Christian McCaffrey is coming back. The offensive line will get better. They have dual tight ends. And their offensive line, these are not guys that you know, obviously, some of them are actually rookies that have come out that may play this year, like Tommy Tremble and Brady Christensen. But John Miller and Matt Paradis and, you know, Pat Elfine. These are guys who can play. They know how to block. And I believe that Matt Rule in his second year is going to get the scheme together. The big question was the defense. I know they don't have all these household names. You mentioned J.C. Horn. I think he's going to work out really good at corner next to Jeremy Chin, who is a very good corner. He made a lot of plays last year. Um, Dante Jackson, Hassan Reddick, you know, your linebackers, pretty good. Shaq Thompson, that makes it a little bit better. Derek Brown, I like up front, and Brian Burns. Again, these are not household names, but these are guys who can play ball. And I know that things didn't work out and come together last year, but I think that Matt Rule in his second year is going to have some rules and people are going to follow him. And I like Carolina. I really think that they're going to make a step this year and they're going to be a 10, maybe even 11 win team. I know I'm, look, I know it sounds sick, but I was also the crazy bastard who said that the Cleveland Browns are going to make the playoffs last year and you two fools laughed at me. So let's see what happens. Hey, I didn't. I didn't laugh at you. I didn't laugh at you. When you, said you, didn't laugh. you giggled. You giggled. Laughed <laughs> right at you, and I'm gonna laugh at you again because the Browns yeah. are going to be the Browns. They will find a way to be the Browns and blow it. I'm sorry, they will. What's wrong with you? Stop. Beckham's coming back. Oh, oh yeah, your boy. Yeah, no. Let's see how that works out. <laughs> Well, I guess we all agree that Tampa is winning this division, and we all said it. Why not? I mean, they're bringing every freaking buddy back, and including Antonio Brown, who I think it's really gets overlooked, Damian, in this offense. Antonio Brown, not so much Rob Gronkowski. He may catch 
25 or 30 balls this year. But I think Antonio Brown can catch about 75, even with Godwin and Evans over there. Yeah, Antonio Brown is still very good. He only played half a season last year, so a full season in this system, in the slot, being able – he's not going to get double-teamed like he did in his years in Pittsburgh. So I definitely can see him just balling out this year and having a, a really good season. And if he is running routes as good as he's throwing punches – He's, he's definitely going to be good <laughs> this season. So we'll see. Uh, but, yeah, you're right. I got Tampa Bay, number one. They got bringing everybody back. I do think Tom Brady started to show some signs of slowing down last year. In the playoffs, we saw it against the Saints. He wasn't really balling out against the Saints. He only reason no. they scored touchdowns was because of the defense forcing turnovers. And against Green Bay, he threw three second-half interceptions. That's now right. against – Against the Kansas City Chiefs in the Super Bowl, he didn't have to do much because the defense was dominating because Kansas City didn't have offensive line. So with Tom Brady, I'll see him taking a step back, but the team is so good around him that he'll still look good. And I can see him going 13-4. and four. I think they'll lose one to the Saints because of the division matchup. And people would have forgetting that we beat him twice last year in the regular season. So I can see them right. losing off once. Uh, they got a tough game against Buffalo as well in there. Uh, it just – there's two other matches I can see him losing. Just – off of you know wrong team wrong time Thursday night matchup something like that so I see them going 13 to 4 this year but they have everything there's no holes in their roster maybe depth wise maybe if somebody gets hurt but if they're healthy it's gonna be tough yeah basically if Tom Brady stays healthy then things are going to be tough for the rest of the NFC there's no doubt about that there are a few contenders and we're going to do NFC West next week where there are a lot of contenders in there I can't wait to talk about that that'll be my division but yeah, well, that's going to be tough. And then what we're lucky the following week, Wednesday night, which is the night before kickoff, we get to make our predictions, which is beautiful. You see how God planned all that out for us and made it work? <laughs> it's a beautiful thing. I love it. I love it. All right. So I'm obviously out of my freaking mind picking the Carolina Panthers to finish second in this division and possibly be a playoff team. I'm being yelled at by my teammates over here, but that's okay. That's okay. I had the last laugh last year when Cleveland got in there, and we'll see what happens oh, this time. Kind of hinting that Carolina is going to be a playoff team, but I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe not. <laughs> All right. What more action do we got over here? NFL stuff. We just went through the NFC South. The NFC West is next week, and then full prediction action the Wednesday before the kickoff with Nikki's favorite team to hate in the world, the Dallas Cowboys, going up against Tampa Brady and all those guys winning the Super Bowl. We'll see what happens. But for now – it is time to get really wacky, really nasty, really tricky. Let's do this thing. This beat is my recital. I think it's very vital to rock around. That's right. On top of tricky. It's a place. Here we go. It's tricky to rock around, to rock around. That's right. On top is tricky. It's tricky. 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 It's tricky to rock around, to rock around. That's right. On time is tricky. 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 <laughs> this is it. Nikki song. She gets a song. Nobody else gets one. She's the one. I love it. Tricky Nikki Gist in the house. What do we got this week? Damien, you have been kicking the crap out of me. I need a freaking win. All right. So take it easy on me this week. Nikki, what is the tricky action that we got? Knowledge with Nikki time. Yeah. So, I mean, you guys. Oh, hold on. My light went out. I oh, know it didn't. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> You guys are Holter guys. There are ghosts in there. I know. Maybe, <laughs> no, I don't know what it is, actually. Hold on. Um, we're going to do... Yeah, I don't know. We're going to do... Um, 
Starbucks and Duncan trivia. Oh, wow. Oh, my God. <laughs> In honor of my um, tomatoes. Yeah. All right. Here we go. Yeah. All right. Who oh, goes man. first? Uh, Jay goes uh, first this week. Yeah. I think I do. Yep. All right, I'm Jay. I'm going to get no points for I'll write my name in anyway. All right. No, let's do it. You do good with like random things. Sometimes I do. Okay. Here we go. How many drink combinations are possible at Starbucks? Wow. 36. D? I'm going to say 72. Okay. 87,000. 87,000. <laughs> No way, man. <laughs> yeah, you guys, you got to think like take the core coffee, right? Yeah. And yeah. then all the syrups, all the milks, the alternative milks, the different sugars. The I mean, yeah. really think about it. It's 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 crazy. It's a lot. Oh my god in heaven. Permutation yeah. city. I just got brought back to the freaking third grade right there doing permutations. Okay. That's Woo. funny. That was a big L right there. All right, Nikki. <laughs> Next, All right, number, <laughs> number two. Jay, what was Dunkin' Donuts originally called? Hmm. What was Dunkin' Donuts originally called? Yes. What was the original name? Dunkin'? Nope. <laughs> D? Now they're Dunkin'. Yes, Maybe they were shooting donuts <laughs> <laughs> that's very clever my friend that is well done. You guys that's are fun. no it was called open kettle open, open kettle. kettle wow what was the, do you remember the original name for the starburst when we did that one? Oh, uh it was like it was something like um like fruit circles or fruit something like squares that squares or something like that yeah like yeah. Yeah, these original names are really whack. Let's see why. <laughs> yeah, they are. Oh, they my really, God. Really are. Wow. Okay. All Kettle right. Sweet. Number three. All right, Jay. When Starbucks became a publicly traded company in 1992, you could buy a share for how much? Hmm. <sighs> <laughs> I know there are people biting themselves right now who didn't do it. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm going to say uh, I'm, I'm not a big stock market guy. I'm not going to lie. $1.25. D? I'm going to say four fifty. dollars uh, $17. Oh, and wow. today it's 115 Oh, that makes so sense. So you still made, still made your investment, but it was a little higher than I thought. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. Chris said $0.50. Cents. Yeah, I, I was kind of <laughs> on the same page with you, man. Damn. All right, Jay. Last one for you. Duncan brews a fresh pot of coffee every how many minutes? Like a single store? Yeah. Like a single, all right. Like the standard a, across the yeah. How many minutes? Every I would say every one minute and forty five seconds. D? I'm going to say 10 minutes. 18. Ooh. 18 minutes? 
Really? Dang, I was thinking 22. I would have got the point. Uh, How many freaking pots of coffee do they have there that they only have to do it 18 minutes? That's all people do is drink coffee. I know one thing they don't do fresh is their donuts. No, I know. You know what I love, though? I love those those, uh, glazed munchkins. I can't get enough of those freaking things, man. I love those glazed munchkins. The plain or the chocolate? No, well, I like both, but I like the plain more. For some reason, yeah. and I'm a chocolate guy. Like I love everything chocolate, but those are just so damn good. Wow, classic, classic. Mom stuff. came in with seven minutes. Ma, I was on the same side as you. You know, I thought it was on the low side over there. But, oh, all right, shout out to Wawa, mom. <laughs> <laughs> so is that like all a right, New Jersey Wawa? Yeah. Oh, that's right. You don't know about Wawa, do you? No. Oh yeah. damn! Oh yeah, your Wawa's oh, yeah. the bomb, son. You need to, you need to just go to a Wawa and be like, all right, I've right. been to a Wawa. You need to have the pizza, the bagel, the Wawa. Could you and your wife just please schedule a trip out here? Jay will come <laughs> up. We'll take you yeah. everywhere. <laughs> is, you know what's so funny? My wife hit me up today. Uh, she's out of town right now, and she hit me up. Right, one of her friends from where she's training at was like, uh-huh. "Oh, we have to take a trip to New York as a couples trip." And I was like, "Up." Oh, uh, I'm already down. Here we go. <laughs> Bringing it together. It can happen. Yeah. Definitely going to do it. Make sure I hit up Nikki while I'm out there and make sure I hit, tell Jay when I go out there so he can come. Yes. 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 <laughs> we'll do a live show from my house. That would be yes. amazing. That would be dope. Yes. Well, I'm definitely yeah. down. I'm in. I'm in. All right, All D. Right. Okay, D. Number one, on average, Dunkin' Donuts sells how many cups of coffee every second? Oh, wow. Man. Every second. I'm going to say 10,000. Jay? Every second, Dunkin' Donuts uh-huh. sells a cup of coffee. Um, mm-hmm. I'll go with about 150,000. 30. Oh, 30. Man. Yes, hot and iced, which is 1.7 billion a year. That's crazy. <laughs> Not <Nuts. Man. laughs> all right, Dean. Number two, the pumpkin spice latte was invented by who? Mm. <laughs> I am not a fan of pumpkin spice. I have no idea who invented the pumpkin spice latte. <laughs> so I'm gonna give it off to Jay. <laughs> all right, Jay. You want to try? I, the only answer I can come up with is uh, Howard Schultz, because I think he was the owner of Starbucks. So, but so that's why I don't know. I have no clue. Okay. Well, here we're gonna bring some sports into this. So, Peter Dukes, okay, who was a Stanford basketball player, studied economics, okay, got to work uh, with Starbucks in 2001. His first task was to come up with a new espresso drink. And he convinced them that something that tastes like pumpkin pie <laughs> would be a winner. So he is the reason that we have that basic ass bitch drink. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Peter Dukes. I love how it comes full circle. Well done. He probably was at Stanford talking to some girl. And she was like, oh, my God. You know what would be great? <laughs> a pumpkin latte. <laughs> Make it taste like liquid pumpkin pie. <laughs> You can have every day. <laughs> oh, so, oh, it's not my thing. Not your thing. No. All right, Dean. Number three. So Patriots owner 
Robert Kraft has a coffee ritual that changes during football season. Okay, so when the Patriots win, he goes inside Duncan to place his order. When they lose, he goes through the drive-thru. Can you take a guess at what Robert Kraft's Duncan order is? Wow. His Duncan order. So he seems like an iced caramel coffee man with two sugars and two creams. No. Jay, you want to take a shot? Is he a double mochiato sort of fella? He is not, guys. He gets a large coffee with milk, no sugar. Plain. Oh, he's so boring. Yeah, that it's boring. <laughs> so boring. No wonder where Bill Belichick gets it from. Let's just be boring and talk like this and just do nothing. And but eat Cincinnati. Stuff. Can I have a peanut butter sandwich, please? Yes, thank you. <laughs> no, All right. No, no sugar. On to the next coffee. Yeah, on to the next coffee. Like... God, so boring. All right, yeah, last know. one for you. Dave. This guy needs uh, sugar, man. He does nothing. I'm sorry, Nick, to interrupt you, no, but Kraft, he needs sugar, man. He's just loafing around in a pink tie every damn freaking day. <laughs> that man needs to get up and do some shit. All right, that's it. I'm sorry. That's it. You guys put sugar in your coffee? Well, you I drink, drink French vanilla. I drink French vanilla, so it's got enough yeah. sugar in there. It's I don't got to put. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We I have the Nespresso machine, so we oh. we have uh, syrups. So I pretty much use that as my sugar. I do like the syrup, yeah. two syrup pumps, then I'll go. get some creamer and put it in there. Yeah, right. same. I do the hazelnut. And that's all you need. Like, you don't need, yeah. like, the 46 grams of sugar with the apple no. latte and, like, oh, my yeah. God. No, I only do that when I'm at, I'm at work and getting, like, that nasty work coffee. I'll add some sugar to it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Look, French vanilla right here. I'm good. No sugar. Got nothing like that first sip of coffee in the morning. It just... Oh my god! It just touches my soul. Like I wake oh, up and that's what I think about. Yes, yeah. right. I can't wait to make the coffee. That's yes, what I, I can't wait to make the coffee. And you don't want to know me without the coffee. Like it's <laughs> right. you gotta have it. Um, all right, let's do the last one. Okay, D. In which movie does every scene show a cup of Starbucks? Wow. Sleepless in Seattle. What a great guess. Ooh. No. <laughs> that, great guess, though. That is a good guess. Um, Starbucks. In, uh, is it Ted? Ted? Yeah, the is movie Ted movie? with the, oh, the little yeah. teddy bear. Yeah, I'm not Peter Gross. I sound like Peter Griffin, man. That guy. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 it's not. This is a movie I've actually seen multiple times. Oh, my God. I like it. Yeah. Uh, Fight Club. Uh, thinking yeah, about it now. Out. Yeah, thinking about it now, I'm like, yeah, they did have coffee all the time. Yeah. That's the second time you messed me up with Fight Club when you said that. Edward Norton's <laughs> name, what he didn't have a name in it. And I thought it was Tyler Durden. I, I, now I have to go back and watch that. Chris, no, yeah. that was Brad Pitt, right? Yeah, but they were the yeah. same. It was, it was imaginary. No, Brad but Pitt that's the name he there. gave that personality, I think. Yeah. We're going to have to go back. We'll take it. it up with IMBD and their trivia questions. <laughs> I'll, I'll message them for you. There we go. There we go. I want to get to the bottom of this Tyler Durden thing over here. Nikki, you wiped us out, man. The house won this week. Yep. Yeah, you <laughs> Jesus Christmas. I lost all my money. 
Nothing for Christmas. I got nothing left. <laughs> Freaking wiped out. Yeah, that was great having Gus on earlier, huh? That was good stuff. Oh, was man, good stuff. yeah. I, I love having a former athlete on because I get all my nerdy questions out. Like, as you can see, I just <laughs> <laughs> went full football nerd on him. Um, but he was very gracious in asking and answering all my questions. Yeah. Yeah, he did a good job. He didn't back down. He he didn't he wasn't complete rapid fire, but he went as fiery as possible for you, Nikki. He did some he yeah. did good action. And you know what? He put Eli in the in the Hall of Fame for you. He was okay, shaky on it though. He eventually came to a side. You could be shaky. You just got to come to my side. That's I think all. he felt yeah. bad that you were a Giants fan. And he's like, you know what? Yeah. Let's give her some love over here. That was the best. Well, I don't need anybody's pity. I don't need <laughs> <laughs> And he's like, I might see Eli at a party later. Yeah, yeah right. Say, <laughs> let me say that he belongs in the Hall of Fame. All right, let <laughs> me tell you, the day we get Eli Manning on this show, I might pass out. <laughs> don't let me be like ridiculous because I might be. I'm gonna work on it. I'm calling up the house. I'll call Archie first to be like, listen, gotta get one of the boys on, man. You know, Peyton and uh, and Cooper are busy with college bowl. Eli's just chilling with his family. He's got time to come on the show, no doubt. Yeah, Eli's just doing uh, Frank's Red Hot commercials. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do love them subway commercials, man. With like Serena's yeah. Curry's in it, Tom Brady. They never get to finish the line, and everything. that's it's pretty clever. I like that. Yeah. I like it. Steph Curry's like Tom. You don't do you eat bread? It's a commercial, Steph. It's all good. <laughs> do you eat bread, Tom? You even eat bread, man? <laughs> no, he doesn't. I told you guys. See, his treat in the off season is like a beer, some soybean. Yeah, yeah a bright. A beer. That's why he was so drunk when they did the celebration because he was exactly. he had something. I must say for the first time in years, exactly. he probably had some vodka in his system. It was like his body didn't know how to react, and he's still, you know, fairly thin. You know, I mean, I, I you know, his body you probably can't take that much alcohol, especially if he's not drinking that much. So yeah, Nikki's yeah. like, yep, love that shit right there. Yep, bring on good. the fitness. Yep. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, we'll see. You know, was, if Giselle gets unhappy, then uh, we know where he was calling. We know where the next phone call goes. <laughs> yeah, like I said, everybody's got, like, that pass on the list. Yeah. That it's okay with go. a significant other. Everybody's got the pass, so. There you go. All good. Right. Mine is laminated, so I'm good to go with that one. There's <laughs> <laughs> no turning back. Changes. <laughs> no changes. <laughs> no changes. Laminated, done deal. Can't get out of it. Oh, man. Shoot, man. I had a lot of fun. This is great. Third and three. Rock and roll all freaking day and night. NFC West next week. And then we kick off your NFL season the Wednesday night before the Thursday night game with Dallas and Tampa Bay. Man, we got a lot of stuff to do. It's going to be fun. We'll see if we get more guests on. You guys in the comments section have been freaking awesome all show. We appreciate it. We love it. And we get some ideas for you and some questions, which is great. Keep that stuff coming every show. We love when you're part of it. It's awesome. Third and three podcast, kicking your ass in a good way. Nikki Nick, Reality City, what's happening, girl? Yeah, you guys can find me on Twitter at Nikki Nick 9384. Had some good below deck tweets again this week. Real Housewives of New York. So blowing up there. Love it. Love all my reality TV peeps. The the Giants tweets are coming. And uh, yeah, guys, we have our draft uh, Sunday, right? That's Another right. Guy. Good call. We, that's right. And uh, I won't be as an unbelievable as commissioner is D where he's got to implant every single player that went in. We're going to have a live draft. We're not going to see each other. That's okay. And everything. So we're just going to rock and roll through this thing. And we're going to have 
a live draft this time on Yahoo. And uh, yeah, we don't know who's going first. I won't be picking out of a hat. The computer's going to randomly. Oh, thank God. Pick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my my hat picking was really bad. Nikki, if you had a choice, where would you want to pick? What pick would you want? Um, I actually I don't mind being last because I don't mind that back to back. But um, yeah. yeah, no, I don't mind like being towards the. It's just. I feel like every year I get the ninth pick. Like it's just oh, like yeah, the curse. You had the then, ninth pick in Jay's yeah, Lecter, right? Yeah, I had the ninth pick yeah. last year too. <laughs> <laughs> I saw you pull it out. I'm like, God damn, like, <laughs> this. like how can this be? Again, nine. Love potion number nine. That's what it is. That's oh, what you should right. be team. Love potion number nine. There you go. I just got a team name for you. Bam, no, you're I'm in. Keep my team name because it pisses D off. <laughs> 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 Eli's oh, demanding. Uh, D, I, before you tell everybody where you are, what position would you want to draft in if you had to? Uh, either the beginning or the end. So, like, for me, yeah. I don't want to be in the middle because in the middle you don't get the benefit of the back-to-back pick or close to back-to-back. So I would either want one or two or nine and ten or 11 and 12, depending on how many people you have in your draft. I want to have that back-to-back pick because I feel like you can control things. Like an hour in my draft, I got to get – two running backs back-to-back in the third and fourth round. And I think that really kind of shifted things. Or the fact that I picked Travis Kelsey and started that tight end run. Like, yeah. I feel like you, can, <laughs> you yeah. can really shift things by having one of those picks. So I like being either the beginning or the end. I dig it. I dig it. I'm pretty much with you guys. I do like back-to-back or even if I was at nine and knowing that I'm getting to pick in a couple of more picks like you did, Nikki. I like that. Uh, but yeah. I, I wouldn't mind having the first pick. And coming back again in 19 and 20 or 20 and 21, whatever it is. And now I got three, you know, stacked guys that you know of for sure. So the number one pick I, I'd probably take, even though, you know, it's like if you don't hit on your number one pick, you're a total loser. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really it's a lot of pressure being number one because you is. got it on that pick. It is. It is. It went, it went Christian McCaffrey went first in ours, right? Yeah. 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 I'm not going to lie to you. If I get the first pick, I'm probably going to take them also. Because, you know, quantum leap action with Sam Donald over there, Christian McCaffrey is going to help him out. Yeah, so you got to put your money where your mouth is. I am. I am. I'm going to put – let me see where my cash is at. <laughs> so, Locked Nikki, let's say, Nikki, you picked uh, Matthew Stafford for your quantum leap player this year. I did, and I took him in fantasy. Yep. 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 And he okay. wears number nine. How about that? Okay. All right. <laughs> now, all right. Everything's coming into perfect right. motion over here. Love potion <laughs> number nine in perfect motion. Now it's time, baby. I love it. D, tell them where you're at, man. The show's been you, – you've been killing it. Top fives, everything. Even when you're out there for two minutes, everybody's got their attention on you, bro. Oh, thank you so much, man. So, yeah, the podcast, The Real Deal with Damian Adams, is coming back next week. We're going to start doing it on Monday nights, either right after the Monday night football game or Tuesday morning, first thing in the morning. So look for it on your local feed. First thing Monday night or first thing Tuesday morning, whenever you look at your podcast feed, uh, you can follow me on every social media platform. I have officially joined TikTok. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you can find me at the real deal WDA on all social media platforms. Uh, TikTok, I like a lot. You know, I know at first I thought it was just young people doing stupid dances, but there's a lot of easy things you could do. Uh, I know, I think you saw my boxing video I did on Canelo um, from TikTok. Um, I just dropped one on Floyd Mayweather, which is actually doing really well on TikTok. Uh, I don't know how TikTok works as far as the algorithm, but a lot of, it, feels, it feels like a lot more people see your stuff on TikTok. And I, it's easy for me to transfer it from there to Instagram, whatever. So, yeah, I'm going to do I'm going to try to do a video at least one a day where I'm just doing like a little quick take on this or that. 
um, from TikTok. So go ahead and follow me on there and check out the podcast, The Real Deal with Damian Adams, talking boxing, NFL, and NBA each and every week. All right, man. I may I may have to talk TikTok with you over there and see what's going on. I haven't broadened my social media horizons as much anymore. I still use a freaking AOL email address. That's how freaking old and outdated I am. It's pathetic. But uh, I am Jason Fearman, very humbly, at Sports Profit 1, the number one. Tomorrow, special show on the Power 32 podcast, which I haven't done in a few weeks now. It's been a little while. Things have been crazy. But uh, Mike Patton, fellow 49er. Ty Ray coming on. We're going to do a 49er preview show, but it's going to be more than that NFL action. So that'll be a lot of fun. So can't wait to get with the boys tomorrow and do that 8.30 p.m. Eastern time. You guys come on in, check it out, bring back in your comments section, do whatever you want, ask us questions. We'll have a lot of fun with it. Can't wait to be on with the boys tomorrow. going to be a lot of fun. And next week we are back in action like we always are. You know where we'll be. Wednesday night, 8 o'clock Eastern time. Third and three podcasts. You can't miss it. You won't miss it. Don't miss it. We're here to stay. And that's all I got to say. We're freaking out. Peace. Bye. Later. All right. I believe I ended it. Or did I? No, still alive. <laughs> yeah, I'm still alive. <laughs>